Of all the RDA SecOps characters, Batista seems to be the most light-hearted and upbeat of them all, as evidenced by his optimistic gung-ho attitudes and tone while talking to Ryder. For example, when giving Ryder orders to kill Swouter, a Navi leader in the Plains of Goliath, Batista jokes, I need you to make Swouter go ta-ta. We've all said it at some point. Yes, we're back with Margaret Thatcher Templar Spy, the podcast with all the subtlety of a building-sized bulldozer, where we trample through the sacred forest of online fan wikis to scrape up whatever lore we can along the way. I'm the environmental catastrophe documented only as Joel Franey, and I'm joined by co-host and man caught trying to have sex with the local wildlife, James Law. James here has spent the last week trying to study the wiki pages for James Cameron's Avatar, the smash global hit of 2009 that Disney is desperate to convince us we still care about over a decade later. Go get him, James. Yeah, so uh, James Cameron's Avatar, uh, you might remember it if you were around in uh, 2009 because it... uh everyone watched it i think and it made like a billion trillion gazillion dollars yeah everyone watched office. it twice judging by the box office revenue <laughs> yeah it was it was like it was completely wild and for a long time it was like the highest grossing film ever and then i don't know some other films took over i, I think Avengers i think endgame yeah. yeah but uh i uh i've been yeah looking at avatar and yeah why why it why it got that level of not notoriety of just like sheer popularity but somehow had no actual impact on no 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 one i i struggle to find anyone who has watched it since the year it came out no honestly like i i forgot everything about it i, all, I, all I know wa- is i haven't that watched it's... it since 2009 have you watched it since 2009 definitely not no, no. I, I didn't even watch it in the cinema to be honest i watched it i think i remember watching it at a friend's house on their tiny little tv right um and it was <laughs> It wasn't I mean, that, that's probably the worst way to watch it because, yeah. from what I remember, that film is all visual flourish. Yeah, absolutely. Like that—that's probably that's presumably why it did so well because it was like, this is the experience you only get in the cinema, and we've made the most out of it. Oh, and also, I guess there's a plot in there somewhere. Yeah, you can to, watch it in three D, and all the all yeah. the like <laughs> all the monsters will fly at your face, and you know the forest looks lovely. But it, it's I, a, I was it's a steps. roller coaster of yeah. a film. Like, yeah, well, I was I was watching it. Uh, at the age of like 12 or 13 yeah. which, which is more like room. which which is to like the roller coaster that's like scare electrics yeah. version of it <laughs> very much so um but uh you know avatar a lot of people think that it is just you know they made a movie and then no one cares about it anymore but no you do care about it still and you know that because avatar 2 is going to come out in 2022 and it's one of four planned sequels. We're going to get Avatar I, 5. Why? Who wants this? <laughs> besides, get... bes- besides Disney executives who have invested a pointless amount in like making a Disneyland theme park. Yeah, James like... Cameron wants it. Well, I mean, you did say it was a roller coaster. Yeah, I mean, that 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 is why this is coming, isn't it? Because they they spent, you know, 50 million or whatever building a recreation of pandora in a yeah. disneyland theme park and and then they go well you, people have to like this so we've got to put out some movies that yeah. are just basically advertising for this fucking thing i mean i've watched youtube videos about the theme park um like land and it looks lovely to be fair like you know as as theme park areas go it's just that yeah avatar's sort of a something of a an irrelevant intellectual property in in the current popular culture landscape especially evidenced by the fact that you have to refer to it as james cameron's avatar because the anime yeah, is... about a kid with an arrow on his head is more relevant 
That is unfortunate, isn't it? That that one did have more lasting appeal. I haven't even watched those that TV show or the or the acclaimed uh, movie. But but even despite that, I I know that's the one I go to like mentally when someone says Avatar. Yeah. Well, if you if you're excited though, um, the second uh, James Cameron's had some had some interviews about what the second and third and uh, etc. films are gonna are gonna entail. They're underwater, aren't they? Uh, well, one of so them is. Uh, yeah. Um, in the second and third films, which will be self-contained stories that also fulfil a greater story arc, we will not back off the throttle of Avatar's visual and emotional horsepower and will continue to explore its themes and characters which touch the hearts of audiences in all cultures around the world. I'm looking forward to returning to Pandora, a world where our imaginations can run wild. Okay, that that right there, I take massive umbrage with, because it's a forest that glows. That is not a massive mindscape for the, for the where anything can happen. It's a glowy forest. And you can and you can plug into the trees like a USB port. That is it. <laughs> I think you'll find actually. Um, producer John Landau has uh, has said some very interesting things about it that are surely gonna make you excited about what's to come. All right, hit me with it. Sell me this. I think you will definitely have humans in the sequel. There are going to be good humans. There are going to be bad humans. There are going to be good Navi. There are going to be bad Navi. You you gassed yet? <laughs> the first film with that. Also, every <laughs> movie has that. There are going to be goodies and baddies, everyone. Yeah. There, I, I, I think you'd struggle to find a movie that doesn't have a good, bad setup. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you, you, we're going to explore the um the family, apparently, of uh, Sully, who's the... You definitely did forget the, main, the name of the main character of um, Avatar 1. Uh, the, the guy who becomes a Navi and he does become a Navi he's like his entire consciousness is transferred into the avatar so he's now yeah a... so I do remember that he is just permanently the blue alien now yeah like he starts now... as a human and then he's, he gets downloaded into a blue body and just lives there forever yes um which uh I, I guess yeah Rachel Dolezal saw that film and was like i can do that in real life but yeah i mean there's not just not just a movie not just five movies not just theme park there's also uh, a comic uh, series okay so so this is the thing like i am relieved to hear you say that because i didn't know there was anything outside of the movie and the plan stuff so i thought surely a, a wiki page is going to be a or oh, wiki site's going to be a bit anemic, like if it's just the film. But there is there a lot of expanded lore? They they made an expanded bunch of shit because oh, um, they, I guess, had loads of money, um, <laughs> and decided, right, well, we're doing a theme park. Let's do some comics. Uh, let's do a video game, which came out along with the. Um... <laughs> there was a video game. There was a video game. It came out along with uh, the first film i believe um so just listening to that that doesn't sound like it would be fun like well, cause i'm just sort of imagining like a generic third person actioner where you jump about well you'd be right uh, but 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 then i had a sudden image of being in a giant like piece of machinery running over navi and i thought you know that might be quite fun <laughs> like being the horrible humans in that. well actually to be fair all right so it released in uh, 2009 and it's not just a um a standard retelling of the movie story like a lot of movie tie-in games i guess okay. were in 
the 2000s. Uh, it was on PS3, uh, Xbox 360, and PC. And it's predominantly a third-person shooter taking place in and around the Pandoran Rainforest. A shooter? Uh, yes, because you can play as... <laughs> I believe there's a branching path narrative. You play as Ryder, who arrives at Hell's Gate, lands, uh, lands on Pandora, arrives at Hell's Gate, which is the... Um, the base of operations for the RDA, who are the evil Was it, re- was it really called Hell's Gate? Fuck me. They weren't subtle about it, were they? Yeah. They're, they're the really evil people who are looking to mine the shit out of Pandora and take <laughs> all of the, uh, again, very subtly named Unobtainium. That I do remember. That that one lasts <laughs> forever. Um, and the commander's name is Falco. He is looking to aid soldiers who are trapped by viper wolves and then that's just like your tutorial uh, your name is Ryder. you can be a, a male or female protagonist and you have to do a bunch of other like minor video game bullshit you have to meet a mole who is relaying information to the local navi clan the tipani and it turns out that the mole is dr harper who you've been collecting samples for and shit and then you then he gets found out uh, oh, and no. then a standoff, and Ryder wants to join either the Navi and protect Doctor Harper. Oh, is it or, a moral choice? Or shoot Doctor Harper. And the remainder of the game in, <laughs> is no entirely ground, based is on there? this. You have to either help Doctor Harper and open fire at the RDA troops and injure Commander Falco, and then you join the Navi and do a bunch of stuff with the Navi, or you can do the rda storyline and open fire on dr dr harper who then uh leaps off a cliff uh, (laughs) shoots your avatar with a bow kills your avatar uh your human body is unharmed and then you have to do a bunch of like evil shit as a human uh and like kill all the it so yeah and it's set it's set two years before the um the movie so obviously oh wow filling all that deep lore that we wanted to yeah so it's a different tribe of navi i don't know why i'm being snarky that's what we do in this show yeah (laughs) exactly thank you very much for the video game (laughs) yeah you have to like yeah to either be a good guy navi or a bad guy human which i guess yeah implements a a level of replayability that a lot of movie tying games wouldn't have Uh, it does have a metacritic rating uh, of the low in the low 60s so oh that that you know i feel that's implicitly lower common criticisms include generic repetitive gameplay poor mission design and the unfair advantage given to the rda because of their superior firepower and their exclusive use of devastating vehicles like the amp suits so you can as you hoped <gasps> ride in a big mech suit and yes yes and yes, like yes just yes. be a horrible genocidal maniac um, yes if that's what floats your boat <laughs> i hate nature this is the game for me yeah so you have so then if you were playing it you would have to be the um the evil humans instead of the nice guy. I, I went out of side of a city once and it was fucking terrible so <laughs> i know i know where my bread's busted i ate it yeah that yeah so that that's the video game uh the theme park has uh it's got a couple rides and like a lovely is it done then have they made it yeah it opened in i believe 2017 Show, again, shows the level of excitement about all things Avatar that I didn't know that. Yeah, it's Despite in the, the fact um... that this probably had literal billions pumped into it. <laughs> yeah, it's in the uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park in Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Animal Kingdom? Y- yes. I feel that... <laughs> is that not a bit offensive to the Na'vi? Yes, probably. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know, like something about that just clicks for me as... 
That's no. I mean, like... I guess they've got animals there. Like they've got the banshees that they fly around on and stuff, and they connect their tails to. But that it I does remember. seem a little bit iffy because a lot of movie franchises have animals in them, and they're not in Animal Kingdom. Um. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll put that one in the morally grey area. Yeah, we'll put that in the. I'm not really qualified to touch this yes. subject. If um, if there are any Navi listening, yeah. and you've been affected <laughs> by the issues talked about in this podcast. Yeah. Let us know. Please do get in touch. Um, we'd love to have you on the show. If you've had sex with a Velociraptor through your hair, <laughs> you know, just mention it in the comments and. We'll we'll get onto that subject, but first, I, I've, I've expected as much. Let really me mention as well: there is not just five movies, a theme park, a comic book series, and a video game. There is also a trapeze show. Uh, what? <laughs> run by Cirque du Soleil. <gasps> it's called Toruk: The First Flight, inspired by James Cameron's Avatar. It's a touring show performed by Cirque du Soleil set thousands of years before the events of the films and detailing <laughs> the adventures of the first Toruk Makto. That um, means nothing to me. No, me neither. But uh, you can get it on DVD. It was released Taruk. in 2016. Uh, it, I don't know where you can get it now. Oh, it's available on Amazon Prime Video through Broadway HD. So if oh, you yeah, want that, it, that's what I'm watching tonight. Yeah, you, can probably, you probably have a free trial available for Cirque that. Cirque du Soleil does James Cameron's Avatar. <laughs> yeah. When a natural catastrophe threatens heaven. to destroy the sacred tree of souls, uh, which, spoiler alert, I think gets destroyed in the main movie, Ralu and Entu, two Omatisaya boys on the brink of adulthood, fearlessly decide to take matters into their own hands. And they quest up to the mountains and, I guess, do a lot of flips on trapezes like they do in <laughs> Cirque du Soleil. Look, it's the currency of their early society was trapeze flips. Yeah, to be fair, like a, a movie like this and a franchise like this, I guess does does lend itself to yeah acrobatics in the in the forest. Like you know, there's a lot of jumping through trees and like floating and gliding. So I suppose it's not the it's not like they tried to make one out of I don't know spotlight or something. But I still think if you told most people, do you want to go see? the Cirque du Soleil interpretation of Avatar, there wouldn't be another date after that. Well, yes. Um, however, Is you it know, still going? Is uh, it still... It, well, it ended in the United Kingdom, actually. That was the grand finale oh, of good. the tour. Finishing in... Uh, it did a run in Manchester for a few days and a run in London for a few days, uh, ending in June 30th, 2019. So... When that. they could no longer hold back the rioters. Well, to be fair, like the, it had a pretty long tour, for, like throughout the like a lot of North America from 2015 to 17. Mm-hmm. Then it went to um, Asia for a Asia and Oceania, so um, a few Oceania, sorry, a few shows in uh, Philippines, Taiwan, New Zealand, Australia, Singapore, China. Uh, UAE. Has, has Avatar always had this sort of weird secret fan base that I didn't know about? I don't know, com- maybe. But that comprises like a large percentage of the planet. Yeah, or maybe people just. They're closet like... Avatar lovers in every society. <laughs> maybe this is going to be our most listened to episode because there's genuine super fans who are desperate for any kind of Avatar critical media and are going to be very disappointed with what we're going to be very disappointed when we rail on it yeah yeah but um yeah i mean it looks like it was pretty successful if it ran from 2015 to 2019 and maybe people just like uh trapeze shows and cirque du soleil 
And I mean, I don't, so I'm really not the target audience yeah. for this. Well, may- maybe people like it, and then they were like, oh, well, I mean, it's Avatar as well. You remember that film, right? Yeah. It'd be interesting, you know? Things will be blue, I guess, and bioluminescent. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe it's that same level that the film did well, that it's just a visual feast, and the rest of it's inoffensive and doesn't register. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I shouldn't be trying to understand the logic behind any of this, because it, it does seem to me like just a terrible idea. I mean, it seems to work, and you know yeah. what, Avatar, more power to you. Uh, and if maybe the second film will absolutely pop off, but yeah, there's there's a whole lot of um, of Avatar media, and it wouldn't get made if it didn't if people didn't want it. So I guess I still feel it. It's just Disney trying to convince us we want it with you know ad campaigns. Yeah. But the the one thing I do know about the ones coming out is that James Cameron has been in a submarine for quite a lot of it. <laughs> that I I don't get why. I also don't get why. Like there was I heard something about like yes we're filming the Mariana Trench and I went Yes, okay, yeah, they would that, they were doing that. That that will be A really dark and B <laughs> will not be as interesting as the alien world you create. So why are you doing it? Yeah, between 2017 and 2019 they uh did a first successful run of underwater motion capture technology. The scene involved featured the new generation cast who were trained for six months so that they could hold their breath for long period. This seems like a lot of effort to be Sorry, were they they weren't they weren't actually down there, were they? That's quite we haven't gone that deep, right? We haven't like gone to the very bottom of the ocean. Well, humans I th- I haven't I th- definitely. I, th- I think there's been submarine, like manned submarines that have. Really? I, oh, think, fair. I think I think it's like very rare. It's like a yeah, big deal. Very rare. Sort of not not the thing that James Cameron would do on a day to day basis. I presume not, but I don't know. He does have all the money in the world. Well, so the cast anyone... can now hold their breath within a two to five minute range and act underwater without the need for scuba gear, which is completely wild to me. And like, I don't know if like Sigourney Weaver and Kate Winslet are doing this, or like I hope, stunt doubles. I and hope stuff. not. Sigourney Weaver's awesome. Please treat her better than this. <laughs> yeah, <They're... laughs> the rest, the rest of the no-name cast don't care. Oh no, Zoe Saldana's pretty cool. But Zoe Saldana, you don't like Kate Winslet, uh, Stephen Lang, I... Sam Worthington. I mean, Sam Worthington can <laughs> can be drowned for. <laughs> I guess. No, they're not drowning though. They can hold their breath for five minutes. Oh, they should shoot a six-minute scene with him in then. The underwater scene featured dialogue in a kind of sign language. Kate Winslet, who plays a character from the same clan as the new generation What is the cast, point of this? Also underwent similar free diving training as she insisted on doing all her own water work. Okay, so everyone else had stunt doubles and Kate Winslet was like, nah, I've got this, lads. Let me, let me fucking do it. All right, that is pretty rad, but this still feels like going the long way rounds for a result that could just be done by your effects team. And yeah. a swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, but it's underwater, man. It's 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 just a stunt, isn't it? Like the the only reason they're doing this fucking Mariana Trench stuff is because it will get in the press. But the problem is, he did it like six years before the film came out. And yeah, the I mean, press we're talking about it. Over. Hey, we're talking about it, and only because we have to. <laughs> Only because that's the, what you picked for this week. Yeah, to be fair. And uh, you know what? I picked it because of that. So congrats, This James is the Cameron. most I've talked about Avatar in about... Since it came out, This is frankly. the most I've talked about or thought about Avatar, like, literally ever. Even when I was watching the Avatar movie, I wasn't thinking about it as much as this. Yeah, I, I was more focused on my milk duds and pick and mix. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah, 
Chocolate. Oh, this is a blue person. Yeah, I think there was cricket on on a, on like on my, <laughs> my friend's dad's iPad or some shit. <laughs> oh, a... that, that's a bad sign when cricket is more interesting <laughs> than the film you're watching. Um, but let me really quickly before we go on to two truths and a lie, just um, talk a little bit about the the beautiful and very personal act between two living beings of mating. Is there is there a page on this, Joel? You're very familiar with um with mating, I'm sure, in your day to day life. I have heard of sex. I'm aware that this is a thing. I've never approved of it myself. It seems grotesquely biological. <laughs> well, you think you think human sex is grotesquely biological? <laughs> um, well, you actually, to be fair, maybe you'll like married I've, sex. I've because... never I've never tried hair fucking. Which well, I'm it's aware not the... it's not at all biological. It's entirely spiritual. Um, there is a mating page boring. on the wiki. Um, the Na'vi <laughs> are monogamous creatures who mate for life. The mechanics of reproduction are similar to that of humans and other Terran mammals, um, which shows, I think, like Earth mammals. Yeah, ter- Terran's like a thing that comes up a lot in sci-fi. Yeah. Um, their Earth. unique it's, it's physiology, however, provides the Na'vi with a level of intimacy unknown on Earth. So maybe the reason that you have never, never been a fan of um, sex is because you cannot fathom the... I don't know man I've, I've had a hand job in the back of a Ford car like I'm <laughs> that's a level of intimacy unknown to most they say we can't reach that level of intimacy but I'm not sure I believe them I'm so sorry mum um, <laughs> cultural anthropologists believe that when an appropriate mate has been selected which can take many years male and female Na'vi will connect cues in an act called Tahelu which is that the cues are their little hair thingies that they connect with each other and connect with right. most things. Uh, it's an, it creates an emotional bond that l- lasts a lifetime. The intertwining cues is both highly erotic and profoundly spiritual, but is not the actual act of reproduction. The so Sahelu it- between Na'vi during mating should not be confused, Joel, with the non-erotic Sahelu between Na'vi and animals and plants like the mental reigning that Na'vi used to control animals yeah. or access the Pandoran neural network. Sorry, bullshit on that one. It's frankly. not the same. They're not fucking trees. But they're using... They're doing the exact same thing. No, it's different. If, if I put they're my doing penis it, it's in no a homo. Stump. They're doing it as friends. <laughs> they're doing it six feet apart. <laughs> it's, not, it's not gay if it's a pterodactyl. <laughs> I just... It, it, but it's the same thing. Like, what is the difference? Uh, I don't know. Like, there's no mechanical difference from what I can tell. Like, okay, so for those who didn't see the film, which is about three of you, judging by how much money it made, and for those who don't remember it, which is probably three billion of you, considering <laughs> the impact it had, there is a thing in the film where all the Na'vi have ponytails that are clearly more than hair. They've got, like, a biological, like, meat bit in it. They got a meat bit the, and they like glow um, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and they sort of plug into all the other life because all the other life seems to have these like apertures as well. And they yeah. literally plug into it. And they do it with creatures. Like they plug it into the pterodactyls and their minds connect and they ride them or they plug into the tree and become one with nature. But they also do it with each other. They mix hair. And it's clearly meant to be like sexual. But there's no difference between when they do it with each other They're and snuggling, the Joel! They're snuggling! Alright? <sighs> but they, 
<laughs> there's no difference. All right, let me like, let they... me just let me read from the page of the Q Q Q U E U E, which is what the um the tail tendril hair thing is called. Q U E U what like a Q at the shops? Yeah, like a Q at the shops. Um, why is it spelt like that? I don't know. Yeah, so it is a natural thing, I believe, that's on on other living things that connects them all to a neural network on the planet of Pandora, which allows Navi to uh, to like domesticate and control and like form a bond with like the wildlife of the planet in right. in seconds when it would otherwise take years or whatever. And I think you have to like learn to control your neural connection to the natural world and stuff and that's why like think, there's a I lot of spirituality remember, and stuff i think i remember something about that in the film like it's not an instant you've got a like thing when you plug into the the pigeon and you've got to focus it or yeah whatever. so you know what i'm actually going to defend it on this because you know you've got to like you've got to like learn to uh to like you know have a connection with the pigeon and get to get to grips with the mindset of how the pigeon might um might also connect to the natural world and i guess in a similar way that you're forming that kind of connection first before plugging in with your monogamous partner who you mate with for life maybe you're forming a different kind of emotional bond which uh, according to the wiki page the connection of the cues is purely the emotional bond and does not lead to procreation so you will um you will connect to your your chosen mate and i think you are like given uh, uh, like an involuntary flashback of every good thing that's happened in your life i believe that'll be briefer for some of us then <laughs> which does not cause um procreation or uh, reproduction or whatever but it's uh, yeah i guess i guess the the idea is that while you are connecting to the wider whole of this spiritual um, collective, you are also choosing to share your... I was going to say wider whole. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) You sounded so disappointed in yourself. (laughs) I was going to say it. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh... But yeah, basically... Um, the the god of the world called Awa basically Wait, what? Uh, Awa E Y W A Awa Awa How does he enter into this? Once to shale you has been made between the couple the ultimate in int- intimacy pleasure that is unfathomable to humans causes the somewhat unwilling sharing the somewhat unwillful sharing of the couple's good memories and as a sign of Awa's acceptance. If a couple can be foreseen to not have a pleasant or happy future, Awa has been known to reverse the feeling produced by making to Shailu, a sign to the couple that mating would only ruin their lives together and prevent the mating because of its lifelong span. So basically, it's like, uh, I don't know, a, a sort of Black Mirror style, like, she's going to cheat on you, bro, type, uh, <laughs> like, pre yeah. pre emanation that you get you know what i i kind of wish the movie was about this this, sound, this sounds more interesting <laughs> it's like a environmental just, thing like a rom-com like a... where like they they get bad premonitions about their future together but they're like no i don't care what you have to say awa i'm gonna run away yes. with my bad boy uh, human husband anyway 
I'm not taking advice from a fucking tree. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to stick my hair in whoever I want. Exactly. But, uh, it, to be fair, the Na'vi are not um, naturally... Uh, I don't know, it is confusing. So, they, they, bond, for, they bond for life. Uh, Na'vi uh, females and Na'vi males usually. But, sexual activity outside of the bonded pair is not uncommon but is associated with fertility rituals and other and other rites and has never right. been reported to re- lead to a disruption of the pair bond. So you, so can... you get married, but occasionally you go dogging. Yes, essentially. Um, right, that, that makes sense. You know, open marriages and there are... Like th- in Northup. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I've never been. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's on the on the list uh, post COVID. <laughs> Navi males typically are bond- bonded with females, but male male and female female permanent bonds are not uncommon as well. So um, the Navi do um, accept uh, same sex relationships, which is very good vibes, uh, and also extramarital relationships, which is uh, you know uh, a vibe. Uh, yeah, so that's. Um... It does not surprise me we've spent the majority of this episode talking about hair sex. Yeah, I just saw, I just knew it was coming because that's all <laughs> anyone remembers from those movies. <laughs> James Cameron wanted to write this sort of environmental thing about you know oppressed tribes and colonialism, and people took two things from his movie: hair sex and unobtainium. That's all they remember. <laughs> There's some cool big pigeons. Yeah, but like that's like that's at least third on the list. Yeah, in the um in the theme park attraction, actually, you do get to like ride a pigeon. Um, is there is there a hair sex club? I I mean maybe unofficially. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you can probably join a Facebook group or something for it. <laughs> oh, I I believe that exists. I absolutely uh, <laughs> believe that exists, especially as we've discussed that. It's got like this secret, mysterious uh, fan club that no one seems to know, but that seems to just keep this franchise running. <laughs> yeah, Avatar is uh, it's something. I've I've barely like I've barely scratched the surface of this entire franchise. I mean, as as what usually happens in these in these episodes, there's it's so much more than I thought there would be. Mm. Um, but let's uh, let's move on to a bit of two truths and a lie. So I'm going to tell you three things. Three facts about uh, Na'vi um, and Pandoran uh, culture, physiology, Mm -hmm. um, and just, like, stuff that happens uh, in the world of Avatar. Uh, Two of them are real, and one of them is not real. Okay. Number one. Na'vi can get a suntan and turn purple. (laughs) Number two. The bioluminescence present in much of Pandoran life can be used as a weapon against attackers to stun or blind them. Number three, the Na'vi use... The, the nature-loving Na'vi use the tails of the sting bats as plectrums for musical bones. <laughs> oh. That's a call-out for you, Na'vi, there. <laughs> I hope that's true. So, a sting bat, they use its tail... Yes. Is it is a sting bat big? Is it bat sized? Is it um a sting bat is a small aerial predator with a highly developed navigational system and four eyes. Yeah, it's a glasses wearer. I can relate. Uh, a <laughs> wingspan of one point two meters, so uh, pretty pretty big, right. like sizable, yeah, okay. but not like I don't like know. a hawk sized. Yeah, like a like a big bird. And and do they have like a spiky tail? Um, yes, they. I mean, they're a sting bat, aren't they? I guess that's what they. St- Sting with, um, 
Oh, and they got translucent fangs, claws with um, predominant uh, bioluminescence on the wing membrane and torso. Um, and yeah, scorpion-like tail stinger. Right, okay. And then they rip that off to play... To play musical bows with it. To fucking shred their guitars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, so uh, this is, I guess, related to the sting bat, is um, when the sting bat is looking to hunt its prey, which... uh, God, what is their prey? Uh, Hexapedes. And uh, one of the few animals that can consume the nectar of a centipede... Because uh, mm. they're unaffected by poisonous animals. Of course. Stingbats will swarm flora and fauna, uh, preferring rodent-sized creatures, lizards, and also fruit. They obviously don't use their bioluminescent flashbangs to uh, to <laughs> to get fruit. But um, yeah, against against their like rodent-sized creatures and larger predators that like can take them down, they'll use their bioluminescence and they'll like turn it up to eleven. Like a flashbang in Call of Duty. Right, okay. And finally, we've got the Na'vi uh, getting a suntan and turning purple. I mean... Yeah, that's... <laughs> I know, it sounds stupid, but it's all stupid. It sure is. So so, so why? So that's not any less stupid. I guess because it's such a... Like a weird aside... Yeah, uh, they, there's a certain pigment in their skin that uh, can tan a dark purple colour after prolonged sunlight exposure. Okay, uh, my gut says that's true because it's sort of stupidly pedestrian enough. <laughs> but I feel like it's the result of uh, of a of an artist or like a, a concept artist like just designing a more purple one. And when someone goes. Well, why is it purple? You go, ah, oh, it's, it's tanned. It's tan. <laughs> yeah, we go, have oh, suntans. Right. You have suntans. Everyone does. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I'm i going to hold that Stingbat Plectrum is real because I need it to be real because that's fucking metal. <laughs> uh, and then I'll say, yeah, I guess the flashbang is, is the lie. You're absolutely right. The flashbang is hey! the lie. I- <laughs> I was I was struggling to come up because there was a lot of there's a lot of like fun little fun little facts about the um about the wildlife and stuff of Pandora, um, but yes the flashbangs are a lie. Um, the the suntan thing comes from the Avatar Extended Collections Edition box set which exists. Um, oh my god! Which comprises of three discs that contain 45 minutes of unfinished deleted scenes along with a finished 16 minutes that is uh, included in the film. That is a flowing, cohesive version of the movie, apparently. And I guess <laughs> in that one, they they flesh out the fact that they turn purple in the sun. But yeah, the bioluminescence thing. Um, basically, most Pandoran animals have bioluminescence. Um, yeah, there's a lot of glowy, isn't there? But they can they can damp it down in order to avoid being detected by predators and prey. Um, but they <laughs> they don't they don't like cause a flashbang, uh, which would be very cool actually. And yeah, the RDA exploited it as another resource in the form of exotic jewellery and clothing, which is kind of fucked, actually. Like, they take the glowing skin of living things and make it into jewellery. Well, I mean, I'm wearing shoes. Okay, you know what? (laughs) Yeah, no ethical consumption under capitalism, I guess. Um, I mean, you know, (laughs) I, as someone who is not vegetarian, 
do it with animals that you're eating so that you know they weren't going to need the skin anyway yeah to be fair i am vegetarian and i'm also currently barefoot so (laughs) (laughs) always barefoot yeah i've never worn like a hobbit yeah Yeah. uh but yeah there's all sorts of yeah all sorts of different uh different species that have uh, bioluminescence and it's uh, very cool and yeah the sting bat is indeed used as a plectrum for playing musical bows the uh, the large musical bow is created from a large branch of the home tree it's strictly ceremonial because it's too large to be an effective hunting weapon uh and it is literally like a it's like a giant bow like a like a bow and arrow bow right but it's too big to actually use so they just pluck it i think <laughs> with a big sting bat tail Okay, it's it's not as metal as I was hoping. I was hoping for no. some sort of like guitar. Well, uh, yeah, and also I I just know deep down that the music they play is going to be like shit. Yeah, well, the repertoire of the large musical bow is the only strictly instrumental tradition of the Navi, so they don't have a lot of music there. I guess um, the function of these songs is to serve as a prelude to home tree songs. In in this context, the foot of the bow is nestled into the root structure of the home tree vibrations from the string resonate and reverberate throughout the home tree and can be heard over a distance of over 20 miles all right fair. wow so avatar huh maybe you will <laughs> sell me on another film not on five i'm gonna watch all of them when's five coming out the fifth film yeah let me see it'll be it'll be like 2030 at this point um avatar 2022 avatar 3 is gonna be 2024 I mean, I don't want this to be the case, but it's very likely that James Cameron will be dead by the fifth one, right? And He's Avatar not a young man. And is 2028. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but it will also depend on how Avatar 2 and 3 go financially. Yeah, um, I'm sure. This is going to be an exhausting decade. Yeah, they haven't been officially greenlit. This is going to be the decade of Avatar. You know, 2010's the decade of Twilight. 22nd, uh, 2020s. 22nd! <gasps> That's something I'm down for. <laughs> Fighting games. Oh, I'll write that down for a future episode. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to today's episode of Margaret Thatcher Templar Spy. Uh, you've been taken on a journey through Pandora, and I do hope you've enjoyed. Uh, on your left, you'll see a heavy-handed metaphor for colonialism, and on your right, you'll hey, see... My, my name's Joel. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've been James Law. I'm Joel Franey. Yep. What are you gonna? What are you gonna? talk about with us next week well i thought i'd uh bring us to our wiki roots about as much as one can because i'm not taking through us through a through a franchise i'm going to be taking us to wiki how i love this website especially, I, specifically the art style i love it so much and i'm really looking forward to doing this episode okay well i'm excited too then um and yeah if you want if you don't want to miss it make sure you follow us on uh, whatever podcasting app you're using uh, give us a rate as well because that will help us in the old algorithm follow us on Instagram TikTok Twitter at Templar Spycast follow me at James MacLaw follow Joel at Joel Franey and uh, yeah thank you very much see you next time maybe it's so going to the- be James Cameron's magma Blah. maybe it's going to be James Cameron's his magma opus it's his- in a volcano his magma opus <laughs> thank you very much for listening to this episode of Margaret Thatcher's Temp. Thank you very much for listening to this app. Ep- oh, this is going in the outro. <laughs>